Good morning. It's nice to see some old faces. And some, and some reacquaintances. Welcome to the house. Um, as you can tell, it's a bit bedlam, but that's good news. We like a bit of bedlam in the house. So my name is Alan, if you don't know me. Uh, they call me the senior leader because I'm old. Yeah. That's about right, I can tell you. It's great to have you here with us today. And it's great to be able to celebrate family. Yeah. And the reason we do that is because God's into family. Now, I know in today's society, that can cause all kinds of triggers for a lot of people. But God's intention and what God wants to model is family. See, we're all born into a family. Some of you are saying, maybe not, but just bear with me. The majority of us are born into a family. And you're born into a family without choice. Nobody asked you if you wanted to be born, did they? No, you were just born. But God's mirroring something of himself that he says to us. You can be born again into another family. Actually, if I'm going to be really deep theologically with you, um, you can be redeemed back to the family that he originally wanted you to be in. Because he knew you before the creation of the world. So the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was to bring you back into an understanding that you were born to connect with God. You were born to be in his family. Listen, God's family um, has, if God owns everything, your inheritance is going to be pretty good. There's a lot for you in your inheritance. We love family. I want a couple of volunteers. Is anybody daft enough and brave enough to volunteer this morning? It doesn't have to be too tasking, don't worry. We're not going to get you to stand on your head. Um, but if, if, if somebody doesn't want to volunteer, I'm going to have to pick people. No volunteers. You don't trust me. You don't trust me, do you? That's the problem, isn't it? You kind of, you know, he might have a jacket on, but I know he's from Walker. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not trusting him, so all right. So John Aitken, uh, you hiding right at the back, my good friend. Come on. Come on, John. Come on, John. Yeah. And at this point, everybody else is looking down, so I'm going to pick Lisa J as well. Let's give her a shout. What I tend to do is pick people who tend to get bored during the sermon. Um, <laughs> So if any else is not off, I might pick you as well. Um, what I brought here today is a whole load of Lego. You're loving it now, aren't you? You're loving it, aren't you? And um, what I want you guys to do is just sit down there on the floor, and you've got 10 to 15 minutes to make something. Anything. Anything you want to make, you can make. If, if there's anything bad, oh, right. Right, they're really into that. Um, I was going to say if there's anything bad in the bottom, that's because it's come from my house. And that's my grandkids. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of sandwich in there, look. Um, you'll be all right. That's, that's a dead fly or something. Yeah, yeah, you'll be all right. So, so, so I've got two boys, and my boys are grown now. They're, 
They're 38 now, 37 and 38 or something like that. I know what you're thinking. He doesn't look old enough. That's what you're thinking, aren't you? I know deep down you're thinking he doesn't. And as I said, I'm from Walker. We start very early in Walker. And um, so I have two boys, but I have four grandkids, which I absolutely love and adore. And um, as I've grown up, I've learned how to love better. How many of us know that? Yeah, come on. As you grow up, you learn how to love better. So when my boys say to me, you were never that good with us, well, that's because of the transforming work of Jesus Christ in my life. Well, not really. It's because I grew up and understood with Jesus I can be better than I was. It's, it's a continual process. But how many of us have ever done that, coming to church on a Sunday morning thing? With the kids in the car? How many of us had one of those days? Come on. You can't, it can't it just be me, surely. You know, where you, where you move the mirror so you can see them? And you give them the stare? You don't behave. And then you get to church and you come through the door and you're all smiles. Or that bit where they're in the back of the car and they go, he's in my space. And you're going, just stay in your own space. Or, or the one, the worst one I got was, um, he's looking at me. <laughs> was it just my kids? He's looking at me. I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? Do you know what I mean? If, I said to them, you know, tell me when he's hitting you with a crowbar. I can do something about that. But he's looking at me. Kids are, there's challenge as you bring up kids in any family. There is challenge because none of us as parents are perfect. And we're learning what it is to be parents. And I learned on the job, I have to be honest with you. I learned on the job, I started really early. I was still a kid in many respects, but you learn early. Wh whoever did the whole car thing where you try to hit them? <laughs> Anybody ever said, oh, but I behave. Um, do you know that? But you knew God had designed cars because they were just far enough away <laughs> that you couldn't get to them. So you, so you knew God had designed us. You, but I learned, I did learn a little bit. If you just break suddenly <laughs> as you swing, <laughs> <laughs> you can get them. I'm letting you know too many of my personal. Let's, I need to get onto the word. I need to get onto the word here. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Family is great. It is just amazing to be part of family. But God's intention. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about church today because you're in church, <laughs> and I've got the chance. Um, but many people see going to church as something you do. But actually going to church is being part of a family. And each and every one of us, at the heart of each and every one of us, there is a longing, a yearning to belong. Each of us have a desire to belong. And I'm telling you that God has met that. I am not telling you that church is perfect. But I am telling you that it is God-inspired to help you find a tribe, a family that you belong to, that you can connect with, that you feel a part of, and can give your Lego bricks to play with. 
It's a bit of really healthy competition going on there, isn't it? I wish I'd brought a present. What? So, I had a friend. Um, yes, I've got a friend. One. Uh, but I had a friend. I've still got him, actually. He's still a friend. Um, and what's even more surprising, he supports Sunderland. Oh, I know. I think we've got a Middlesbrough supporter in it here. I think we have one, haven't we? It's nice that they've still got one, I think. <laughs> um, welcome, George. I had this uh, friend of mine who's a Sunderland supporter, and, uh, his, and, and uh, he said to me, um, I'd love to come and watch Sunderland at Newcastle. Um, will you get me a ticket? So I said to him, I'll get you a ticket, but uh, it's on the proviso that you wear black and white. Because I'm not having them sitting in the Newcastle end wearing red and white. So I said, you have to wear... So he's, he's, he said, I've got that. I'm with you. So we turn up on the day and we go, and it was one of those miracle days where Newcastle actually won. And um, as we were sitting there, I noticed <laughs> every time Newcastle came forward to try and win an attack, the rest of the supporters would get a bit excited. Maybe he's even stand to their feet. But he would sit there with his arms folded like this. And the reverse, when Sunderland come, when Sunderland had an opportunity, I think they did have one, uh, when they had one opportunity, um, he, he would look and, and you would see the Newcastle supporters around him all sitting quietly, almost nervously, yet he was excited. And I was remembering this this week, and the reason I'm telling you this story is this. He may have wore black and white on the outside, but on the inside he was red and white. He was continually red and white. It didn't matter what he wore on the outside. And sometimes we can feel a little bit like that ourselves. You know, we've been up all night with the kids, maybe for a week. I do remember those days. Maybe work's been a bit of a nightmare. Maybe, maybe our friends just didn't include us on that WhatsApp group. How dare they? Um, But yet when we come to church, we can put on this smiley face that on the outside we're wearing black and white, but inside we're red and white. And, and I think being part of a family is very much being a part of something where you can be who you are. Now listen, I don't condone you trying to hit kids in the back of the car. That's not a good thing. You must not do that. You must not follow my example. But there is a place where we can be honest in family. And actually, if a family is going to grow together, there needs to be that place of honesty. We can't always come to church full of smiles. There's a bit of competition going on, Daddy. I'm loving it. The Bible describes the church as a body. Listen what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, just as a body... Though one has many parts, but all of its parts, all of its parts are made for one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so that we form one body. You see, there, there are many different expressions of Jesus in this room because each of us give a different expression of Jesus depending who we are and how we've been brought up. But actually we make one. 
all of us together make one. You might be a hand, the Bible describes you as an eye or a leg or an eye, whatever it is, part of the body you might think of, but it would be crazy, the Bible says, if you were an eye and felt you didn't belong because you weren't a hand. What is the point of that? Actually, the Bible says, if we're honest, both the, high, the eye and the hand are both needed because we have to make a complete body. So actually, each of us have a place within God's kingdom, within a church setting, within a family that you feel you belong. So your difference doesn't matter because actually we're not all called to be like you and you're not all called to be like me. So what is the sign of that? The sign is that if we keep His commandments, Jesus says, we remain in love, in His love. The, if we keep the Father's commandments, we remain in the Father's love. For I've told you this, He says, that your joy may be complete. You see, how we love each other in family is really important. And we're coming up to Christmas, and you might get that crazy uncle or crazy auntie or whoever it is who comes that you just go, oh, no, once they get on the sherry. Maybe you don't have a crazy uncle. These are all very good. Maybe, I'm, maybe it's just my crazy family. Um, there is an aspect, however crazy they may be, or however well or not well you get on, there's a call from God's family, and it's a call of love to each other. You see, and the great thing is that you haven't got to love each other out of your will in a wrong way. We have to set our will towards that. But actually, God gives us His grace and empowers us to love people well. Why? Because Jesus loved us before we knew Him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that before we ever knew Him, before we committed our lives to Him, before we laid down our lives and says, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me, before any of that, God's love was constantly on towards you. And actually, His love was so on towards you and so wanted you to be reconnected into His family that He sent His Son, Jesus, as a way of you coming back into family. See, the Bible says there's only one way. There's only one way, and that way is Jesus. There's only one way that you can enter into God's family. And I talked a bit about church just before, but actually coming to church will not get you into God's family. It'll get you sitting with God's family. Billy Graham once said, sitting in a garage doesn't make me a car. And it's quite often, it's true, isn't it? Coming to church will not make you a part of God's family. But when we've surrendered our lives, when we've given our lives to Jesus, when we've understood what Jesus accomplished for us with His death and resurrection, that He has made a way for us to go, we can belong to His family. We can belong. I'm going to finish in a minute because I promise not to speak long. And to be honest, I'm speaking tonight. If you're free and want to come tonight, how many of us... Well, I don't want to get into that. Let's not get into that. I'm going to be speaking on angels tonight. I'm going to give you a, some biblical, sound, biblical teaching on angels tonight. So if you're free and you want to come along, if you struggle to believe in angels, you're going to struggle to believe in Christmas. Because the Christmas story 
is full of angels, including Jesus. I'm getting onto angels. I shouldn't be getting onto angels. Let's not get onto angels, Alan. So I want to finish by saying this. It's in 1 Peter 2 and 5. It says, As you, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Right. As you, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. You see, in the olden days, God got Solomon to build a temple. And in the temple, it says that when they prayed, God came. And His presence was so heavy that all they could do was fall on their faces in the ground. And this was a man-made structure. But God's presence came to it. Now, that was in the old, that Solomon's temple is no more. What the Bible is pointing to here, he's saying, we have a new temple. It's not made by hands. It's not made by human hands. We have a temple that actually you are a part of and I am a part of. Because you are the temple of God. God lives in you. And when we come together collectively, collectively, He lives in us. So when we come together as a family, as a church, His presence and His glory can come in such a heavy way corporately that we end up at the same place. That the fire and the glory of God can descend. You see, God God is as, as active today as He was when He died on a cross for you. We keep pointing back to the cross because it's a time, a significant time in God's history. But actually, God's is as real today as He was back then. And I've been in situations where His presence has come, where the tangible presence of God has come, where the fire of God has come. And I totally understand what it would have been like for those people in Solomon's day. But he says, now you are being made. You are being made living stones, the collective are coming together. We are now the temple of God. We are the stones that connect. When we connect with each other, the fire and the glory of God can fall again. But you cannot do that on your own. You need to belong to a family. I'm using the word family instead of church because that's what I'm hooking on to today. You need to belong to a tribe, to a family that you feel you belong to and can experience the corporate presence of God. We were never, ever meant to be on our own. Uh, some of you don't believe that, but it's true. Some of you introverts are going, whoa, he wants me to connect with people. Yeah, I do. I do want you to connect with people because it's important that we're being built together. Yes, yes, sir. You, I hope you're getting my drift. I'm trying to be really good today. We're being built together. Without being built together, we don't have a temple. Hold on. I thought you said I was the temple. You are, but we're being built together to produce something corporately. I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good. So the reason I've got these crazy guys, have you got anything left? Not one stick. Have, are you done a have you done a corporate thing? Excellent. Can I just borrow that top bit? 
I was going to get you to hold it up. I'll give you back in a minute. So why have I gotten the play with Lego? Because I want to illustrate this point to you. You see, that bit of Lego is still a bit of Lego. Still plastic, still got all the connectors on. It's got everything that's designed to be part of something bigger. But if it's separated from the thing, not them things, what they've created, I'm going to call it a thing. They're going to explain it in a minute. If it's separated, if it's separated, it's just one piece of Lego. But together, it creates something of a corporate expression of Lego bricks. I'm speaking deep spiritual stuff here in the hope that some of this is going to drop into your brain trying to use Lego bricks. Help me, Jesus. I think I'm there. We're nearly done. Bear with me. If this bit of Lego brick says, I do not want to play with other Lego bricks, that is the sum total of that Lego brick. But if it joins, if it becomes part of the family of Lego bricks, and it's willing to get close enough to be joined as a living stone to be joined to the other Lego bricks, suddenly it produces something of beauty. Well, it produces something um, of creative thing that's there. Put that back on. Are you going to be able to lift it up? No. You're not. Put that back on. Each year's get an end. Are you built a little car as well? We've got a helicopter. So tell us what tell us what you did. Tell us what you did. Where's the mic? This is really important. Team. We've made a farm. So we've got a farmhouse and it's got a reading area and a little fire inside. A reading area? Yeah, some books. Yeah. Because you we've always have that in farmhouses. <laughs> of course you should. We've got a field outside with a little piglet there and some meat for it to eat in a bath so it can get washed. We've got a tractor with Farmer Alan in, and it's got some hay No, in no, the back. no, no, be here, Farmer Alan. <laughs> it's Farmer Alan. <laughs> exactly, who are indeed. Um, and we've got three other trucks carrying stuff for the farm. One's got our friends in. There's a sun lounger outside. We've got a helicopter at the top, and a man on a lookout point to make sure everything's safe. Come on, come on, let's give them. Stay there. That's amazing. But listen, what's, I'll leave you with this thought. What's more amazing is just two people brought all of that together. Again, I'm speaking spiritually, deep spiritual truths here today, church. There needs to be a number of us who understand what it is and how we can answer the prayer of Jesus when he says that there would be one like we're one, Father. You see, there needs to be enough of us that captures. You see, Jesus in John 17 prayed. I don't know if you know this, but he, he let us in on his personal prayer. You know, his personal prayer to the Father. And you know what it was? He prayed for you. He says, I pray for those who have not seen me yet believe. That's people in this room today. He's praying for us. And you know what his prayer was? That they would become one. That we would join together in a corporate expression of family and church and God so that he can pour out 
His fire and His glory upon us. We can all receive the glory and the fire of God individually, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you put fire together and you get a bonfire. You get something that's seen further away, something that has more heat, something that's more intense. And God is saying to us, church, whatever church you're from, or even if you're not from church, God is saying that He wants to pour out a corporate expression. He wants to answer Jesus' prayer in John 17 that says that there would be one like we're one. You know what else Jesus said? He says, I have given them, that's you, I have given them the glory that you give to me, Father. I have given it to them. The glory of God is available for you because Jesus has given it to them. But why does he say why he's done that? Listen why he's done that. He says so, it says so that the world might know that you're the Father. You see, Jesus did that. Jesus did that. He gave us his glory so that the world might know of the Father. And often when I take funerals, I'll quote this verse, but it's a great verse. It says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. It's not just about you being part of God's family here on earth, but there's an eternal gift at stake here. You see, we get so focused on this life and it's minute in comparison to eternity. And God is preparing us for eternity. You get 70 or 80 years if you're fortunate here on earth. But God is saying this. The reason He sent His Son, the reason He wants to model family is because that is what eternity will look like. It will look like family. The the Bible describes that Jesus is coming back for a bride. I don't know about you men, but I struggle a little bit with that. But I can get over it. I understand what's going on behind that. Jesus is coming back for a bride. He's modeling what it is to have covenant and family together. And it will be for all eternity. And you know your heavenly family? They're all going to be perfect. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I know what you're saying inside, so I'll just say it for you. Thank you, Jesus. There'll be none of this core slapping. None of that. In heaven, it's just going to be great. And you know what? Jesus came. He died. He rose again that we might understand this. This is eternal life, that you might know him. Not about coming to church, but that you might know him. And if you know him, when you come to church, you come to family, When you move from this life to the next life, you're in family for eternity. And it's blissful, blissful family. Just bow your heads. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you that here today we celebrate family. I thank you, Father, that heaven itself celebrates family. I thank you, Father, that you brought me in. The old chorus says he brought me in. He brought me in. Oh, I praise God He brought me in. When I look out yonder where I could have been, oh, I praise God He brought me in. Father, we thank You that Your invitation is to all. 
Your invitation is to everyone for the restoration of your family. You would that all would be in your family. That is your heart's desire. And you love us so much, and you sent your son Jesus as a sacrifice, as a demonstration of your love, that we might move from being orphans to being in a family. Father, I pray for every single person in this room today. I pray that they would feel the invitation where they have not had it or not moved into your family, that they would feel and hear the invitation today. For those of us in your family, Father, I pray right now, I pray right now that you'd help us move towards each other to build something of significance, something that the world outside can see and give glory to the Father. We pray that you would help us to love each other better. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening so well. I'm going to hand back over to Laura. I don't know what Laura's going to do. And uh, by all means, we'll leave this at the front and you can come and have a look. Let's give these guys a hand again because they did well.